Tonight, it is 2024. What should you be doing with your money this year? You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Ruby. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you have a good Happy New Year? Did you have good holidays and all the things? I did. Thank you. Uh, you know, I have an eight-year-old daughter, so it, it's, it's... magical still. It Well, it's magical again. How about that? Because yes. now I get to live through her eyes. Yes. And the, the more exciting we make it for her, the better it is for me. And she's she's eight now, and she, she did stay... She fell asleep at about eleven forty-five, but we woke her up at eleven fifty-five to watch the ball drop at the oh, at fun. the gathering that we were at. That's so. fun. Um, I have four teenagers, so there's really nothing magical about teenagers. No, <laughs> except for the fact that we all had several days together at home, watching movies, oh, eating. Cool. They make fun of each other, but they also love each other and laugh with each other. So that was actually really, really great. So um, yeah, so now we're into twenty twenty-four. Things are rolling right along. And people are starting to talk about money, right? Looking at yep. the markets. Maybe the markets are just a little bit hungover uh, still from, from the holiday season. It's definitely a slow start. But uh, we just want to give you some perspective coming into this year on what we think might still be moving the needle when it comes to your money. Yeah. So a few things that we want to talk about, where the markets currently stand. So let, let's talk about how 2023 wrapped up. The For, for those of you that weren't paying attention, the S&P, yeah, the S&P 500 <laughs> was up 24% in 2023. The Dow rose 13%. NASDAQ, 43% up on yeah. 2023. Through all these scary headlines, through all the volatility, um, there were a few high flyers that kind of carried the NASDAQ yes. through, specifically uh, NVIDIA, Amazon, Microsoft, some big tech companies that really... Magnificent Seven, right? We've talked about them a lot over the past year. So. Yeah, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta, and Tesla. How did there you do? go. You got them. Good. All seven of them. Really, though, it's not just those indexes. The Russell 2000, right? So 2,000 companies that make up the American economy... Uh, finished 2023 up 15% after it fell over 21% in 2022. So it, we just, when you look at that kind of holistic way of saying, gosh, for those of you that got spooked in 2022, mm -hmm. because we had come from this long period of, you know, up, 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 up. And then all of a sudden we were down, we were up, we were all over the place. And I know we got a lot of calls from the investors that we work with here at Allworth saying, I don't know this, I don't like this feeling. Yes. I forgot what this feeling felt like, uh, you know, in, in, our messages always stay the course. You've got a long-term plan. You stick with it. And I think these numbers bear it out. 2023, uh, yeah, there was some volatility. But, man, we ended the year really, really well with the stock market. And if you haven't checked your 401k lately, I would say go ahead and check that balance. You'll probably be pretty happy. Yeah, we've had full segments on this before. I think Steve and I had one where we talked about only looking at your account balances and performance a couple of times a year. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the reality for many people. But I look at it a little more often. How than often that. do you look at it? Uh, well, you know, honestly, not a ton. I wouldn't even say once a month. I would okay, say that's maybe. Not too bad. I would say closer to quarterly, but. Obviously, I follow the news. It's my job. Uh, yeah. And so over over the holidays, I was like, I'm going to take a peek. Maybe you know, now's a good time to look. been a little while. Yeah. I only look when I know I'm going to. Well, I only look when I know it's either going to be really good or I've just been avoiding it for too long and I need to do it. I do my best to practice what I preach. Yes. I okay. So and what do you preach? To, to look minimally, maybe a couple of times a year. So do you only look a couple times a year? I do. Oh, good for you. It's, it feels really great. It, are, it does because when 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 the markets are, are volatile, we just we get kicked in the teeth once. Yes. We see that it's down rather than every single day. If you yeah. look every single day, half the time you're going to see up, half the time you're going to see down. When you look once every six months, more often than not, it's a green number. Yeah. 
Well, I was actually talking to someone over the holidays who said uh, he checks about three times a day. The Just the, only three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> Is he a day trader? No. No, I mean, like, works in the industry, our industry, but also, like, you know, long term. But he just is, it would be maddening to me to do that. Did you ask why? I don't, I guess he just likes to drive himself insane. I didn't even, I didn't even want to get yeah, into that's a what good makes way to lose, tick. Good way to lose sleep or get, <laughs> exactly. get ulcers. But, you know, obviously, we, we, we preach calm. Yes. Don't try to time the markets. You know, 2022 was a very difficult time for many people, especially retirees looking at their portfolios dropping, they might get nervous, but the, the stock markets are like walking up the stairs while playing with a yo-yo. Yes. In the long term, that's one that I stole from Nathan Backrack. That's going to be up yeah. in the long term. And we do have long time horizons in front of us. You know, we, we, we plan for longevity. We want our money to last longer than sure. we do. That's why we preach calm and we're going to continue to preach calm in 2024. We don't know what the markets are going to do, but over the long term, they are going to go up. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Ruby as we get you ready for 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, markets ended 2023 well. Your 401k balance should be looking pretty good. And nothing's changing on our end. We're not preaching anything different in this year than we were preaching in 23 or 22 or 2019 or 2010. It is figure out what your long-term plan is and stay the course. But what could maybe move markets this year? You're going to be reading a lot of headlines today and in the coming days that'll tell you all different kinds of things. But we've talked about this many times on the show. Those headlines will often say the sky is falling because you're going to read them. But we went through last year and some of them were calling for some of the most terrible recessions we've seen since the Great Depression. We didn't see that. Yeah, the, the, Steve and I, our last show a couple of weeks ago, uh -huh. uh, it was on a Wednesday. Uh, it was an article that came out. That that was it had the strongest language I've seen in years. Wow! About the, the doom and gloom yep. ahead of us, and it was on Fox Business, and it's this guy that is trying to sell books. Yeah, that's what it is at the end of the day. Um, you know what's going to move the the needle in twenty twenty four? I think there's still going to be a lot of conversations about the ongoing fight to lower inflation. Yes, I wish we could stop talking about that, but obviously that's still front and center. But it, it's it's pivoting a little bit. It's going to be a different conversation this time around, and I think that's more along the lines of. When is the Fed going to lower interest rates? And if we see any surprises within that, because right now it's looking at maybe three cuts by the end of 2024. If we see any surprises in that, then sure, that could, that, that, that could cause some volatility. Well, and I think when you look at the volatility and you look back at 2023, one of the things that really helped us was consumer spending. You and I were still spending and a lot of what we spend makes up two thirds of the American economy. So mm -hmm. I, most of us, even if we were saying, ah, I don't like this market volatility, we were still spending. And also the, the job market was just absolutely resilient and, and crazy strong in the face of those interest rate hikes. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we, we ended the year, we, people were talking about, could we pull off a soft landing? We start 2024 with a lot more economists saying, oh, you know what? Actually, it looks like that's very likely that we could have that soft landing. Anything could change, right? As economic data continues to come in. But at this point, um, everything is pointing to, yes, that the conversation changes, that we're still talking about the Federal Reserve, but we're talking about them cutting exactly. rather than increasing. And I'll take that. Yeah, me too. I sure will. Now, this year, uh, unfortunately, we are coming into a, a presidential election. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate the commercials. I hate the Facebook posts. I hate all the negativity. But 
I'm glad you brought it up because from an investor's standpoint, it's definitely something we have to talk about. Well, you know, the, the, there's a common misconception that the market will do this or that depending on who's in the White House. And usually it's who, if the other candidate, right? If my candidate doesn't yes, get in, exactly. the economy is going to tank. The whole world is going to be terrible. Every, I'm, I'm just going to pull my money out. And, and, and every year we get calls from investors who say, this election is the worst election. This time is different. This time I, is different. Yes. That's the key right there. This time is different. Is it really, though? Never is. It never is. In fact, we have actually looked at analysis of um, presidencies and market performance. So there was a study that looked at a number of sample portfolios over 120 years. So this mm -hmm. is like, um, hey, if I was only invested when Republicans were in the Oval Office, when Democrats were in the Oval Office, when some mixture of all of that, or if I just stated, regardless of which party was in power, and I'm not surprised by this, but the best performing portfolio was the portfolio that stayed completely invested every administration, no matter who was president. Isn't that amazing? If you remove emotion from investing. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you remove emotion from investing. The, the United States is going to continue to move forward. People are still going to spend money. We still live in a capitalistic society. Companies want to see growth no matter who's in the office, no matter which party takes office. The, we will continue to grow. Our portfolios will continue to grow over the long term. There will be blips, volatility. We sure. don't know exactly what's going to cause that. But the presidential election does not have the, the capacity to swing things as much as you might think it does. I am so glad that I can sit here and say this um, because I've said it many times in the show and I truly believe it, that the American economy is so much bigger than the Oval Office. Exactly. You know, I mean, yes, they, they can there can be policy set that can have a, a, a blip of an impact and sometimes a, a bigger impact. But again, if you are looking at this for the long haul, uh, it doesn't matter who is sitting in that chair in that office when it comes to how you invest. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it, there's always reasons why you can find for the sky to be falling. Oh, sure. Depending on what you're looking at. But but remember that staying invested and in, is what you need to do. Trying to time the market is a huge risk. We've talked about this before. That if if you took a hundred thousand dollars and you invested in the S and P five hundred over twenty five years, mm -hmm. starting in nineteen ninety seven, ending in twenty twenty one, your one hundred thousand dollars would have turned into just over a million by staying invested, not trying to time Hands the market off. for whatever reason. Right, regardless if, of who was in office, exactly. regardless of what was going on in the world. If you missed the ten best days, which usually happens during periods of volatility, yeah, four hundred seventy thousand. So you've chopped that portfolio gain in half. It just gets worse the more days you miss. Yeah. I, so trying to time point. the market is not something that we need to do. No matter wh what side of the aisle you fall on, no matter who becomes president next, it, it, it's it's um, dangerous to try to attempt that. Yeah. Another thing that I think is dangerous is when a lot of these economists say, this is the year terrible recession. Will there be a recession in 2024? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, there will sure. be a recession. At some point, it's a it's a normal part of the business cycle. It's what you kind of the price that you pay of admission. It's sometimes it's going to be up and sometimes it's going to be down, but most of the time, it's up. Uh, there's no way of saying if we're going to have a recession this year. There's a lot of people, I'm sure, in the headlines in the coming days that'll be making all kinds of predictions about that. It's that time of the year. It is that time of the year. Happy it's, New Year! Here's our yeah. scary headline. Read yeah. me. And one of the favorite things that we do on this show, Simply Money, is six months down the road say. How how'd that turn out, right? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, there's absolutely nothing to it. And listen, it's there's just so many unpredictable things. I mean, we're talking about the Federal Reserve and they're taking in all this economic data. But at the same time, 
no one predicted that COVID was coming no. months before it happened. Maybe a couple of weeks before it happened, you started to see some things. No one knew that Russia was going to invade Ukraine. There's a lot of things that could happen right now. Um, Taiwan's upcoming presidential election. There's a looming federal debt ceiling showdown, another one here in the U.S. All of those things will have impact just like Brexit did several, several years ago or the trade war with China that we didn't see coming. These things always have an impact. And usually it's like when you're watching the ocean and it's like a big wave comes in and then there's like smaller waves that just kind of, and then it kind of gets still again. I and, like that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's how you can look at a lot of this geopolitical crazy stuff that happens. There will be an impact, but usually it's short lived. Here's the all worth advice. 2024, it's going to be another year filled with noisy headlines, volatile markets, but as with any year. Keep calm, stay the course. Coming up next, financial goals that should be on your list for 2024. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Ruby. If you've got to miss the show one night, we know everyone's busy, but you don't have to miss a thing. We've got a daily podcast for you. Just search Simply Money. It's right there on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up at 643, how to stretch your dollars once you get into that time where it's dollars are no longer coming in. We're talking about retirement. And we've also spoken about this before, but we've got some crazy numbers. Started this uh, seg segment with the Taylor Swift song. We are starting to see the true financial impact. I mean, this blew all, my mind. I had no idea. She's woman of the year. She's every top of every list of most influential, most powerful, all the things. She came to Cincinnati, was it August, I guess, of last year, mm -hmm. two nights, a concert. The impact of that now, just simply in the Cincinnati's operating budget, yes, that, that's a the million dollars. I mean, you think about the, the 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 pennies that come in right from taxes on these concert tickets, and that's well, it's not pennies when you look at paying these fees nowadays. Yeah, but good point. A million dollars. This is directly from the ticket tax that concert goers paid just to see Taylor Swift in, in two different nights. Yeah. One million dollars of spendable money that Cincinnati now has in its operating budget because of Taylor Swift? It's mind-boggling. Are you serious? I had no idea. Well, it, it, you and I have talked about Taylor Swift before. Your eight-year-old daughter loves her. Your yes, wife loves her. They do. And I looked at tickets for Christmas, but <laughs> oh my God, no thank you. They, I almost did. We talked about it and and I got close. You know, you, you, you could take a trip to, to Rome. Yes. Instead of, and you, you could go to London and, and buy a ticket there and save money yes. as opposed to buying them here. It, right. It's amazing. But, you know, the, I guess one of the benefits is for people that will pay it, Cincinnati yes. reaped that and they got a million dollars towards their operating budgets. Concerts in 2023 from April 1st till September 30th, they, they brought in nearly $1.4 million in mm -hmm. tax revenue. Of that, she was a million dollars. Of that, she of was it. a million dollars. And then the year before, concerts brought in $59,000 from that tax. So, yeah. well, COVID. That's true. That's but true. That, that would be was, the big difference there. There were still some concerts happening at that time. Just so. not quite as many. Yeah, that's true. Definitely not Taylor Swift stadiums full of people. All right. So did you make your 2020, do you have any 2024 financial resolutions? No, I don't do financial resolutions because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't keep to them. I mean, yeah. sure. I'll make one right. You do you want me to make one right now? I would love I, for I you thought to about make this one. during our meeting this morning when okay. we prep for some of the stuff. Try to spend a little bit less on DoorDash. 
Oh, okay. That's a good one. Well, it, it's not me, though. It's my wife. I got to talk to her about it. <laughs> you should have probably had this conversation with your wife before you told me on the show. But well, that's fine. We can call her when we're done, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat with her. She'll we'll say, know Steve, what she's in for. Yeah, he came up with a resolution while, while we were on the show today, and you need to spend less money on DoorDash. You know what I like to do in January is, you know, coming off of the holidays, I've had a lot of wine. I've had a lot of food, all the things. So I do a dry January, but I also think of it as um, an, an only essential spending month for me. Okay. We just, you just spend so much during the holidays. And so I just like to like dial it back and r remind myself of what, like what our family's needs are and not to go much beyond that. Sounds so. like January's are kind of boring in your household. <laughs> My whole family hates me, but I love it. I love to get organized. I love to pair things back. So yeah, don't talk to anyone in my family this month. They're not <laughs> Everybody's going like to be grumpy. Like this, 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 this month's awful. So what about minimum goals for 2024? Yeah, um, we think everyone should set for this year, right? Yeah, paying off high interest rate debt is one that's top and center. A lot of people feel guilty about that, but the reality of the situation is 77% of Americans have some kind of debt. Yeah, a mortgage, mortgage yeah. car notes. The The challenge in this day and age is, of course, in a high interest rate environment, some of that stuff came became more expensive if mm -hmm. you took out a new mortgage or a new uh, car note or you have credit card debt, for example. Well, and I think the credit card debt for a lot of people, my gosh, you look at the annual percentage rates on some of those, they could be, I mean... North of 20%, but inching close to 30%. Yeah, I've seen. And, and speaking of coming out of the holidays, you know, so many people, and we, we looked at research before saying, I'm going to go into debt this holiday season in order to buy gifts for my family and friends. The problem is a lot of people then aren't even able to pay that off by the next holiday season. So you talk about the snowball effect of all of that. So yeah, let this be the year uh, that you pay off that debt. And I'm telling you, the credit card debt, just to get rid of it. I mean, most of us are going to have a mortgage and most of us probably didn't pay cash for our cars, but uh, that high interest rate uh, debt, get rid of it. I, some folks I work with, they've done a great job building emergency funds. And then they have this high interest rate credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're keeping that emergency fund in case they need a new roof or a crown on a tooth or a, they need to fix their car, whatever. Right. And I see a 20% APR in a credit card. Yes. And, and, and it's building and they're making minimum payments. That is an emergency. Yes. If you if Great you have points. an emergency fund and you've taken on that credit card debt, you know, keep some of that emergency fund, thousand dollars, whatever. But you can use your emergency fund to attack high interest credit card debt. Yes. And then the key though is to stop the cycle, right? I exactly. mean, don't just keep pulling money out of your emergency fund and then your 401k and all the things in order to pay this down. You this has to be the year, 2024, when you get rid of that debt. And then listen, there Pessimism, I think, costs people a lot. We talk about how your emotions can have a huge impact on your investing and in your money. And I would say, I'm going to add a couple to that list, um, laziness and procrastination. I, I've heard people say, I'm not going to do this this year because it's going to be a bad year because of the election or whatever. But I've also heard people say, oh, the kids are still young and they're so expensive and we're paying for travel soccer and we're paying this for tuition. And so when they finish with that stuff, I'm going to start investing that. I'm really going to start ramping things up. There's always going to be a reason why you can either be lazy or why you can procrastinate. And it, it works against you so yeah, many times. I'm sitting here shaking my head <laughs> at that conversation. <laughs> yeah. At, it, it, sound it, familiar? It does sound familiar. And compounding interest is your best friend. If you, if you have that financial foundation, if you pay down your high interest rate, rate credit card debt, if you have an emergency fund, find a way to save, even if it's a little bit, because that money will turn into more money over the long term 
no matter what your expenses are right now, it's it's always a good idea and it's never too too early or too late to get started. Just saving. get started, right? And that emergency fund is critical. Here's the all worth advice. Just as your new year needs a resolution, your future, it needs a plan. Coming up next, the keys to achieving a better work-life balance this year, something we could probably all use. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner. I feel like until the past few years, the words work-life balance have not been as much a part of the American vernacular as they are now. It is a huge focus, I think, for a lot of people. And joining us tonight with her perspective on this, the expert on all things having to do with the job market, Julie on the job, Julie Balke. Julie, do you agree with me? Well, I think I think the definition has changed because of the fact that the boundaries between work Mm. And the work life, and let's just call it everything else, are pretty much gone now. And COVID, the pandemic, work from home, remote work, flexible work, hybrid work, yada, yada, yada. All yeah. of that has really driven our lives into one, you know, kind of into one, melt into one pot. And yeah. then on top of that, technology is obviously the biggest driver of that because it allows you to be contacted. 24/7 should you have a boss that likes to do that mm-hmm. and it's it's just it just makes it i think about like back in the day when you go home from work and you know you don't have to be all that old to remember this she'd come home from work and that was it and yeah. if your boss wanted to get a hold of you they had to get out the phone book and call your <laughs> home phone and yes. there was there were those clear physical boundaries and, and because really it was because the technology didn't exist to blend those together. And now it's all in a big old pot. And so I think it's become harder and harder to set those boundaries and kind of manage all at once. It's really an integration instead of a balance. I think back to my 20s when I was first working, there was no such thing, at least in my line of work, as a 40-hour work week. It was 60 hours. It was... When there's breaking news, you come in. But I think for so many of us, when we were cutting our teeth or making our way in our careers, the focus was on whatever it took to be successful. And that often was long hours. And now I read all of these studies, um, millennials saying, you know, the number one thing that they're looking for in a job may not be the highest salary possible. For many of them, it's a work-life balance. That isn't something that I ever considered until Kids came along much later in my career. Right. Yeah, the younger generation, so let's just say Gen Z and millennials, they have different priorities. For, they have different life priorities than we did. Mm-hmm. And we can't, it, it's unusual. We don't understand it. But if you really step up 30,000 feet, can you really blame them? Because no. the old model of work like crazy, and, and then maybe you can enjoy life when you're in your 60s, and then we all know stories of people who died before they got to enjoy mm-hmm. you know, the, the fruits of their labor. And so the younger people have seen this and they're looking at that saying, yeah, no, I don't think so. So they are, they're taking advantage of the changes in the work, in the world of work to work for a period of time, go on a trip, you know, maybe take a month off, go on a trip, work on another project, get a different job. Like literally everyone I know who's in that age range, 
who, you know, who are in positions where they can afford it are taking these mini, these little mini sabbaticals and working in the stuff that they want to do and that are their priorities into their work life. So they're integrating instead of saying, well, uh, someday, someday, because you know, I think those of us who are in the older generations, we, we, many of us do have a lot of regrets that we didn't take advantage of opportunities that we had when we were younger and we gave everything to work. I'm not sure that's Absolutely. either. No. So, so what then do you say to employers, um, you know, who are looking to hire and uh, in, in get attract top talent? Uh, what does their policy need to be? What do they need to understand about trying to hire people with what work-life balance means now? You know, one is what it's really interesting to hear. What's so? I'll give you an example. My daughter-in-law works for one of the big four accounting firms, and mm-hmm. she's been there for probably six, seven years, and she's very valued. And they have a sabbatical policy, even for people who are very young and wow. they they allow you to take up to six months off and go do something and then come back because they have figured out that you, know, you walking away to do something and then them losing you forever is worse than losing you for six months. And so they will work with you to help you figure out how to have all of that. And so the, the biggest word that employers need to be thinking about is flexibility. And flexibility means different things to different people. For if you're in a place in your life where you have small children and, you know, two working adults or just one working adult, a single mother, father, you flex that word flexibility means something different than it does if you are, you know, a young professional couple with no kids you may want time off to do things that are important to you, not you know, not kid-related, or at least kid-related yet. And so mm-hmm. the ability for employers to try things, to be flexible, to look for ways to say yes instead of no, to understand the value of a long-term relationship, of giving your employees more of what they want, instead of saying, well, no, we can't do that go ahead, we'll, re- we'll just replace you. Uh, employers are learning that it's not that easy to replace good talent. And so it makes sense to provide opportunities or ways for people to live their full lives instead of the way, instead of adopting kind of a, well, that's the way we did it. It was good enough for me, darn it. You know, yeah. it's going to be good enough for you. You know, this generation is not afraid to say, all righty then, see you later. And so it's not that the tactics, so, I mean, I think about, if something like COVID had happened when, you know, my, you know, our, the older generations were younger mm-hmm. and the, the CEO said, okay, everybody back in the office Monday. I mean, we would have said, see you then, sir. You know, yeah. we would have been there. We would have done whatever they said. And to try to Great lead point. an organization that way now, you're going to be marching up a hill and nobody's going to be behind you because they're not afraid to say, no, thanks and move on. And this is so hard for older generation leaders to understand. But you know, someone asked me, they said, well, who's going to win this war? I said, the young ones are because every day that goes by, there's fewer of older people in the workforce mm-hmm. and more younger people. And so time is on their side. This is the way the workplace is going and the companies and the leaders 
who are so stuck in the way it used to be, you are going to not be able to attract and retain top talent. They, they, they're going elsewhere because they have options. And so get with it or, you know, you're going to you're going to be sitting there by yourself wondering what happened. It's, Work-life balance is changing it, um, and, and grateful it, for it Julie Valky. every chapter. Yes, yeah. grateful for you, Julie, for your perspective on this. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Ruby. Do you have a financial question that's keeping you up at night or maybe you and your spouse just aren't on the same page about? There's a red button you can click on while you're listening to the show. It's right there on the iHeart app. Record your question. It's coming straight to us. We'd love to help you figure that out right here on the show. And straight ahead, if you are planning a big getaway, we've got at least four tips for you to help you save and help make that getaway even better. This is a major fear that so many people have. When I look at research about people in retirement, time and time again, the number one concern is outliving your money. And it doesn't matter if you're 40 years old or you're 75 and you've been retired for 10 years. Uh, I think most of us, when we think about retirement, that's a very common thing, a very common fear that we have. So let's talk about some things that you need to keep in mind and ways that maybe you can stretch those dollars once you've retired. And I get it. The paycheck is no longer coming in. Yeah. Steve Sprovac is waking up today and he no longer has a paycheck coming in, right? He is in retirement. And I just think that's a that's a huge change. And I understand why it can bring some anxiety with it. Yeah, he's got the benefit of being a financial planner, though. So he's been working <laughs> on this for quite some time. He probably and isn't so anxious about that. No, I, I certainly hope not. Uh, you know, one of the key tenets or a couple of key tenets of financial planning, one is increase your net worth year over year. The other is make sure that we build a plan that ensures that your money lasts longer than you do. Yes. That's a that's a major goal at the end of the day. And a couple of ways that we can, as you said, stretch your, your money when you're retired. First of all, and we've, we talk about this all the time, build a diversified uh, mix of investment or uh, asset streams. Mm -hmm. So income streams, that is. So uh, there's three-legged the stool is, is what it used to be. I say that because it was pension, social security, and portfolio assets. Yeah. But We're how many people retirement. actually have a pension in this day and age? Well, yeah, nobody has a pension. I mean, less than 10%, I think, have pensions anymore. And even social security, unless something's done by 2034, the social security pension fund, trust fund, will be maybe 75% of your benefit. It will be affected, yes. but it, won't, it doesn't mean you'll your still social... Get, well, you'll still get some kind of benefit unless, you know, Unless Congress, Congress gets together and, and solves a major looming yes, problem. exactly. As, as one team. Nobody <laughs> hold your breath on that one. Good luck. Yeah, you hear skepticism in, in our voices. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, and I think it's not only just having retirement accounts that you are trying to build up. And I like that you brought up net worth year over year. That's something I love to do at the beginning of every year is to look at net worth and the changes. Where year. am I? Where was I? Hopefully it's getting better and better yeah. every year as you're growing. Hopefully you're not in the red. If you are, the next year you say, okay, I'm going to be in the black and then you grow from there. Um, but it's the diversity within those accounts too, right? There, I've talked to so many people through the years who say, ah, I'm set. I have a million dollars in my 401k. Hmm. Okay. Mm. It's a traditional 401k. Yep. Million dollars in there. Exactly. So when you, whatever tax bracket you're in, maybe you've got $750,000 and, you know, 250 that you owe to Uncle Sam, that's not a pretty picture. So we'd like to talk about also kind of diversifying the tax treatment of those accounts. If you've got Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks, those are great things. You pay taxes now, you lock in today's tax rate. When you get to retirement and you need a new car and you need, 
Well, I was going to say $30,000, but yeah, that doesn't luck. even, yeah, I don't even know what that buys I, you now. There's a couple brands out there. You can get a new car for 30 <laughs> okay. think. But the moral of the story is if you have a Roth bucket to pull from, then you can do so without paying taxes. Yes, you you're going to take $30,000 out for that $30,000 car. You're not going to take 40000 out to get $30,000 or however that, that math would work out yeah. for you. So I like just having that flexibility of different accounts, also a taxable account, um, tax at capital gains rates that are more mm -hmm. favorable. So just having different buckets that you you can pull from depending on where you need that money uh, can be a huge advantage in retirement. Yeah, a couple other things. So keep your debts to a minimum if possible. Again, plenty of people enter retirement with some kind of debt. Most most common would be the mortgage. Maybe you're on the back end of a 15 or 30 year mortgage and, and stick to a budget. And it's, it's, a, it's a terribly boring it's the thing. the B word. Yeah, I, I have this budget booklet that I sometimes I begrudgingly, I give it to people and I almost feel bad <laughs> because it is boring, but it, it's important to have your finger on the pulse of how you're spending money in, in retirement Yeah. and identify opportunities if you're overspending to make some adjustments. You mentioned DoorDash, right? It's like once you start looking at those credit card statements and you start, you start to see trends of... I wouldn't choose to spend this much money on this thing, but unless you do the budget, you don't have the information about where that money is going. So that can be eye-opening. Uh, you know, here's the deal. Money not going out is the same as money coming in. You're giving yourself a raise. So if you were yeah. to pay off a mortgage or to get rid of debt or to just cut spending, you're going to put yourself in a much better situation. Two out of three Americans have some kind of debt in retirement. And the problem is that percentage gets higher and higher every year. So we're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, we sure are. So uh, how about a family and, and other financial obligations? Ah, uh, the draining. <laughs> the yeah. dra it, it, it's, it's something that we've had entire segments on. And that's uh, make sure that you're not overextending yourself to yes. support your family. Children, for example, they, they can borrow to pay for college, yes. but you can't borrow to pay for your retirement. There are no expenses. scholarships for retirement. Exactly. No federal student loans. Co-signing on, on, on a loan for, for buying a new home for a child or a grandchild. There are major risks involved with that because it becomes your loan. Yeah. My daughter Grace is coming on the show uh, this week and she just chose her, her college in the past month or two. Mm -hmm. uh, and when she was in middle school, she wanted to go out of state. She literally saw a school on Instagram with palm trees, and that's what she wanted to do. So that's what set her path yes. forwards. And for years, she talked about that. I kept saying, that's fine. I'm going to pay for an in-state school. That's how much money we've saved in a 529. Anything about that? Well, as she's gotten older, the uh -huh. reality of that has set in. She's now going to the University of Kentucky, an in-state school uh, where she can use in Kentucky. We've got keys money as well. So it's just making sure that you're having those conversations with kids. It's never easy to cut off your children, um, but you have to start having conversations, working toward it. And also, I, I'm in my 40s. There's, you know, I, I don't necessarily have the situation, but I know others that their parents are starting to have medical issues and mm -hmm. medical bills that maybe weren't planned for. And so uh, you have to protect yourself and your own future. And I, you can easily tell your kids if they get upset, okay, if I give you this money now, I'm going to be living on your couch someday. How does that sound? I guarantee they'll Not find out. Great. Yeah, they'll figure out a different way to pay for whatever they're asking you for that money. Um, and then just eyes wide open as you get closer to retirement about healthcare. So many people are just blown away by uh, that Medicare doesn't cover everything, that you're going to have to pay some money to, you know, supplement that. Yeah, the, the alphabet soup of Medicare, A, B, C, D, sit down with a certified financial planner or some kind of a financial professional to help guide you and navigate yes. you through that because you may be caught off guard 
for the levels of coverage that you need to have to keep things in tune with what you've grown used to. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame than when your employer was paying for health care for you. Yeah. Here's the all worth advice. A long term financial plan means having a strategy for life after you retire. Coming up next, we're going to help you tackle the financial component of that next big vacation. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Ruby. That music makes me want to go on a vacation right now. Do you have any plans for this year? No, we did a huge trip last year. To oh, the you point did. Where, a nice I mean, European vacation. You yeah, were all over the place. I have, Yeah, I did. I, we, I'd never been to Europe. I'd never been to Africa, and it went to both. <laughs> so yeah, I took some time off. It led me to working. Good vacation. It led me to work last week. So I, I worked between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's to make up for that so I could that be here off. in case other, you know, other advisors, clients needed to talk to a certified financial planner. They called in. They talked to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a big one. I, ha I have to go to L.A. for a wedding. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I've, I've gone before. It's not my favorite. Maybe we'll hit up some of the national parks. There you go. California. There you go. Yeah, we've got a beach vacation that we just planned for our family. But listen, there's a lot of you that will be traveling this year. One in four people over the age of 65 say you're going to a foreign country this year. And nine out of 10 of Americans say you're going to travel sometime in the next six months. So we're all going to be out there traveling. And here's the deal. Plan early. Uh, the earlier you plan, the more options you have, the more that you will can save. We talk about a European trip, $10,000 for a couple of weeks is probably the going rate. You Maybe you plan early and maybe you go on that same vacation that your friends or neighbors went on and you pay $7,000. Just because you planned early. Because yes. the longer you wait, the more expensive those tickets are going to be, the less options there's going to be for staying, especially if you're experiencing the destination in a way that's maybe outside the box, staying in Airbnbs instead of hotels. Yes. Staying somewhere off the beaten path rather than right there in the thick of it. Talk about Europe trip. I, I interviewed this couple several years ago who they were retiring. The next day they were leaving for Europe for a year. Oh, and that's it, huh? Just they, one year? Yeah, just a year. And wow. they only packed carry-ons, but they were going to rent Airbnbs, not in big cities, but kind of further out and just explore. And they were actually able to do it a lot more reasonably than you'd think. So I think it's just kind of thinking outside the box. Uh, traveling what, with other people can also help you save. Did they do it solo? Was it just them? Just this couple. That's what we did. When we went to Europe and Africa, we, we have friends that actually live in Morocco, and they mapped out the whole trip for us. So it was very easy and much more cost effective when because you're open knew. to traveling with others. Yes, agreed. And I think if you can travel with someone who's already been there, kind of learned what works and what doesn't work, you know, if you're traveling with people who live in a certain area or have been there before, that can make it much easier. So yeah, I think it's just planning ahead, knowing who you're going to travel with. Um, and then sometimes it's not even going to a location. It's like, What's the thing I've always wanted to do? My husband, for whatever reason, that this is insane, but he wants to go in one of those cages with a great white shark, you know, well, and those can... waters. He can go by. I'll go with him. I'm not getting in that water. But we would travel for to that area so he can do that thing. So lots of things to think about. But if you're traveling this year, the key is planning ahead. Thanks for listening tonight. We hope you're going to tune in tomorrow. We're talking about where a lot of Americans got their financial advice last year and whether you should follow the crowd in 2024. You've been listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station.